I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Lonnie, you know what would make my day? What's that, Dylan? If someone gave us a five-star review. Oh, you're in luck, Dylan, because on the podcast app on Apple, a little person I like to call... A Witty has given us a review. Oh my gosh, Lonnie! May I read it for you? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Five stars. Wonderfully sidetracked is the title. Mm-hmm. It's like sitting on the couch with old friends, taking deep dives on weird tangents. You're never quite sure how you got to this point, but you're glad you're there. Bit presumptuous, same with friends, but you know, that's all right. <laughs> Nah, you're all right, eh, Woody? Thank no, you. That's wonderful. That, that made my day reading that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's beautiful. Lovely. It's what we're aiming for, really, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, it is. Exactly right. So, A eh, Woody, you are the A shitty. <laughs> no? Like in a good way, right? Oh, yeah. As in, you're the shit, man. Yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> just to clarify, we love you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, just to leave that. You're our favourite. Yeah. I miss you, man. I miss you, man. I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you, I miss you, man, I miss you, I miss you, man, do I miss you? Oh yeah, here we are. I'm ready, I'm keen. How are you, Dylan? Back again. I'm great, Lonnie. How about yourself? (laughs) I'm pretty good. Dylan, can you please tell me and the listeners what this show is normally about? Well, normally, Lonnie, it's about you and me catching up week to week. Uh, We take turns hosting a topic for the other person, run them through something interesting. That could be anything, life, pop culture, everything in between, Lonnie. Dylan, today is a little bit different though, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Now, long-time listeners may recall that Dylan and I have somehow found ourselves intrigued by the actress Christina Ricci. Oi, 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 as you will. Oi, oi, yeah, throwback, (laughs) love it. Uh, mainly because she was the only saving grace in Speed Racer. Incorrect, but that's all right. Keep down. <laughs> so we've decided to head back into uh, Christina Ritchie's back catalogue for what we're going to be calling the Christina Chronicles. Great name. Love it. <laughs> so we're going to watch all their movies, probably some of her TV shows maybe. Um, just want to get a sense of who she is, not for anything other than for fun, I guess. To satiate our curiosity. <laughs> Exactly right. I don't know about you, Dylan, but she's someone I've always like known. I've known she's around, but she's not an actress I've ever like really watched or like. Oh, I'm looking forward to the new Christina Ricci movie. Yeah, exactly. She's one of those actors where it's like she you see her pop up on something and you're like, ah, oh, Christina Ricci, great to see you. And that's only because she's was had like a tremendous amount of fame as a kid, perhaps. Yeah, and she's uh, always solid in everything she does. Yeah, and even in, like, really bad movies like Speed Racer. Enough. Enough. <laughs> Don't make me come over there, Lonnie. Okay. Uh, Dylan, what is the first movie we've seen for the Christina Chronicles? Mermaids. Oh, yes. 
So we're going to be talking um, pretty freely about uh, Mermaids, the 1990 film directed by Richard Benjamin. Uh, so if you're conscious of spoilers, well, you probably haven't clicked on this podcast and probably haven't listened for this long already, but heads up, we're going to be getting into the nitty gritty of Mermaids. Oh, I'm so looking forward to it, Lonnie. What a film. It's um, not one I probably would have watched, um, <laughs> if not for this podcast. What are your general first up thoughts, Dylan? Uh, it's okay. Like, it's it's not a movie made for us by any means, I'll say that. No. Like, it's, it's the main character's a, a daughter and it focuses on troubles with her relationship with her mother for the most part. Mm-hmm. So, not really relatable to us, really, but for what it was, it was fine. Yeah, I still quite liked it, even, as you said, it's not um, directly made for people like us. And it's even it's made before you're born. Like it's all it's not really ticking any of the boxes for films that are, you know, we are the target audience for. Having said that, I still quite liked it. Yeah, no, it was pretty good. It's pretty good. Some uh, questionable moments, but you know, well, overall, you know, yeah, yeah. Uh, so it stars Cher. <laughs> I've, I've never. I don't think I've ever seen a film with Cher in it before. I, I don't think I have either. I might have watched Witches of Beast Week at one point. Yeah. I, I can't remember. Yeah, I've not knowingly been watching Cher in a, in a film, I don't think. No. Um, but, yeah, she's actually pretty good in this, I thought. Well, I was going to ask, because, um, I mean, for people who don't know, she's mainly known for being a singer-songwriter. Mm. This one, musician, if you mm-hmm. will. <laughs> um. Have you looked into it much? Like, is she generally considered a good actor? Because she's done a few films. Well, she's done an Oscar, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Does she? <laughs> yeah. What for? Uh, it's called Moonstruck. I've not actually oh, seen true. it. Okay, okay. I hear that being brought up a lot. Yeah. In the share forums online. <laughs> that, you, that you frequent, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I think yeah, she was big in the 70s in music world and then sort of crossed over to Broadway and films in the 80s, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, yeah. She won an Oscar, and I, not many people can really uh, bridge that gap. But she seems to have done it pretty well. Yeah, it seems to be like her and Jared Leto. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Well, she is also starring alongside you know, the teenage girl actor of the late eighties, early nineties, Winona <laughs> Ryder. Oh yeah. So she's been in Heather's. She's been in Beetlejuice, and this same year she was in Edward Scissorhands. Yeah. And it really is. If you were a, a teenage girl character in your film, where they had this time, it had to be Winona Ryder. Oh yeah, for sure. She was she was the go-to of the era, Lonnie. Especially if your uh, female, the teenage character, is also a bit of an crazy. outsider. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> bit of a nut job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and our girl Christina. It's obviously her first film. She's only a kid in this. Yeah, oh, yeah, very young. And she doesn't reinvent the wheel for child acting, but I think she's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, overall, I thought, um, because, you know, good child actors are very hard to come across, to be mm. honest, especially to find a believable performance. And for the most part, I thought she she did pretty good. Do you know how she got her first big break, Dylan? Like in this movie or in general? Just in general, how she sort of began as a child performer. I have no idea. Did someone spot her in the street and go, that kid's a movie star? <laughs> Kind of. Oh, okay. At least according to Wikipedia. I'm just going to read out the whole quote. At the age of eight, Richie was discovered by a local theatre critic. 
when she starred in a school production of The Twelve Days of Christmas. Another child was originally cast in the part, but Richie devised a plan to secure the role for herself. She taunted the, her rival so much that he punched her. When she told on him, he lost the part. She recalled, I've always been a really ambitious person. <laughs> I guess that's the first time it really read his ugly head. Oh, fuck it. <laughs> Christy, what are you doing? <laughs> Christy Richie, no. Uh, so then it goes on to say that um, she was on SNL for an episode or two, like just in like one of the skits. Yeah. I'm not really sure the, the connection between being in this, like being noticed by a local theatre critic and then going on to SNL and then going into Mermaids. It's not really clear on Wikipedia, to be honest. <laughs> I'm guessing she had an agent somewhere along the lines. That's, You'd think so. That's what I'm guessing, yeah. Okay, so I've just got some general notes here about the film, Dylan, and I'm, I'm sure you have as well. Oh, yeah. Do you just want to start? Do you, how do you want to do this? Do you just want to get into it? Well, we'll go over the overall plot because there's not much to go over, okay. to be honest. Hit me. Just basically uh, a movie about a family consisting of a, a, a floozy, independent mother, a religious nut, older daughter, and uh, a swimmer of a younger daughter, which is Christina Ritchie. Uh, yes. They move to a new small town, and the mother starts dating Bob Hoskins. Well, that's pretty much it. Yeah, there's. I was thinking, watching this, there's no, like, you, know, you write a screenwriting, read a screenwriting book, it's always about your character has to have a goal. And every scene is about achieving that goal. This film was a bit more of a, we're just hanging out a bit. Yeah, it's kind of a slice of life, kind of. Yeah, maybe. stuff's happening, you know? Yeah. So, um, that might be partly because it was based on a book, but, you know. Yeah, it, it, did it feel a bit episodic to you in that sense? Oh, yeah. Yeah, kind of. Like, you can tell, like, what was being brought from, like, chapter to chapter, from book to screen, that sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, Dylan, just to clarify, you've seen this film twice this week. <laughs> I have, I have. The past few days, uh, Mermaids has been my life, Lonnie. That wasn't an obligation. There was no need to do that. <laughs> there wasn't, but I wanted to be fresh for, for the pod, for the people, and for my pal. And do you feel fresh? No. <laughs> okay. Nah, it's, it's good. Probably it's not as good to watch it twice in a row, but, you know, that's all right. At least not hating it, though. You're still quite liking it after doing that, so... Yeah, some other things jumped out at me, though, that I wasn't too uh, too okay with, you know? Okay. Like, uh, one of the subplots of the movie, or main plot, rather, is that uh, Charlotte, Winona Ryder, mm. this one, she's 15, right, Lonnie? Mm. Mm-hmm. She falls in love with a 26-year-old man? Yeah. <laughs> That's not okay. Not okay. You know, it's it's set in 1963. I don't think we mentioned that yet. So <laughs> that doesn't make it okay, but it does make it to sit a different time. <sighs> but I'm not cool with that either, Dylan. I've written here, so this guy is 26 and she's 15. I'm 27. And I don't want to be around anyone who's younger than me. <laughs> or older than me. <laughs> or anyone, really. No, it's, it's, uh, it's crazy. And... They get into a relationship of sorts. They have sex, Lonnie. I know. It just... We witnessed a statutory rape. It doesn't sit well. And he... No. Well, that's something else I've, I've written about him. He's just so dull and blank. <laughs> and is. I mean, that's a secondary concern to being like the statutory rape, of course. Yeah. But it's not like he... He doesn't seem to react at all. 
she just like falls in love with him. He's like, all right, let's go fishing. <laughs> he doesn't go need fishing, to care at all. Have sandwiches. Have yeah. a good time. Oh yeah, he's it, all he's got going for him is that he's he's handsome. That's it. Yeah, and we're seeing it from her perspective. Of course, the film is kind of skewed that way. So, yeah. and she's telling us that she's in love with him, and we kind of we are seeing that we're not really sure why you're in love with him because he is um, nothing. But you know, it's not good. No, no, it's. That's another thing I want to touch on as well. It does have internal monologue, this mm. movie. Mm-hmm. I kind of don't mind it because it's very accurate to what a 15-year-old teenager would be thinking, mm-hmm. like 50% horny thoughts and 50% thinking their parents are the worst. It's <laughs> it's classic stuff. Yeah, there is often scenes where um, Cher is just like, why don't you talk to me? What you, what's going through your head? And she's just like there staring, but her, internally she's saying what's in the Going mind. off. Yeah. <laughs> going off internally. Oh, it's crazy. Why, why is he 16? Why is he 26, sorry, and she's 16? What if he was just 19 or something? That could have been a bit better. We're back on this, Lonnie. Well, sorry. I just <laughs> didn't surveil me. It's, it's not good. And it's not good because at the climax in the movie, in more ways than one, um, <laughs> these two have sex and other stuff happens. I mean, we're spoiling it anyway. They have sex and as a result of this, she's not watching her young sister and her younger sister drowns or nearly drowns. Yeah. So, and the whole town, like they say it explicitly, like the whole town's going to talk about this. What are we going to do? Like, no one cares. No one cares that... <laughs> That's a 26-year-old man having sex with a 15-year-old girl. Definitely. It's all about how she's going to be seen as a tramp because she was there having sex. I'm like, what about the, the rapist here? The, the pedophile. Rapist. What yeah. about him? Yes. And and the mother encourages it, Lonnie. Like, well, she she's also tries it on with the him as well. Oh, I? Yeah. Cheeky share. What are you doing? <laughs> well, no, that that is rather icky. I don't think you do that today. Oh, no. Definitely not. I mean, again, you mentioned it is the 60s. I don't know how things worked back then, but I can't imagine this would have been okay. Yeah, the worst part is the film doesn't seem to really recognise that it's icky. No. Like, if it was in there as a plot point and it was commented on and you could sense that they're handling this well, like, you'd be a bit more okay. But the fact that it's just there and not even mentioned that it's weird or anything, it's... Yeah, and they only mention his age once because I didn't catch it the first time. Mm. I thought, oh, okay, he must be straight out of high school or something. But then the second time I was listening for it because I was like, he looks pretty old. Yeah. And they say, oh, 26 and he's a, he's a looker. I'm like, oh, no. Yeah. To make him 18, it's fine. <laughs> Another thing you wouldn't do today, Dylan. Oh, no. Jumping ahead. Yeah. A fair bit. <laughs> yeah, Okay. <laughs> Bob Hoskins, who I quite like in this film, in most films, to be honest. I think he's great in this. Yeah. He's actually really great, and I don't have a problem with him as a character, really. But there's a line where he <laughs> says to her... I know what this is. <laughs> you know what this is? Straight to the moon. But he says, um, I've never wanted to hit a woman more than I want to hit you right now. <laughs> Look, yes. But again, the 60s... Not yeah. saying it was okay, but it was more common to happen. 
So I kind of respect that he showed restraint. It just not something you do today. Oh no, absolutely not. It's <laughs> and he didn't do it. To be fair, yeah. Again, I don't think the film was making a comment about it. I think no, <laughs> it was in there just as a regular line. Like we're supposed to be like, oh, good on him for not doing it, <laughs> for not hitting yeah. her. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah. Good on you, Bob. Yeah. You didn't slug her one. We're proud of you, mate. Um, apart from that one line, though, he's pretty much the masculine ideal oh. of a person in this film, isn't he? Absolutely. He's a delight in this movie. He really is. Like, I want a boyfriend or a dad like him, you know? Oh, I just, I want Bob Hoskins. I want him back. R.I.P. Yeah. yeah, rest in power, mate. Absolutely. But um, I'll point out one scene I love with him in particular. Mm. It's a scene where him and Cher are, like, going on their first date at Cher's house for that one. <laughs> And he just starts to slowly figure out that he's about to get laid. And the more he figures it out, he's just getting happier and happier and giddier. I've never seen someone so excited. It was a pretty good scene. Uh, I don't like that scene in some ways, though, Dylan. First of Ooh. all, why yeah. invite someone over for breakfast as a first date? It's the 60s, Lonnie. It's a different time. Any date. I don't want to have breakfast with anyone. I'm not a breakfast person, but I should maybe make that clear. Well, I mean, you could argue she she is a bit of an oddball, so... She is an oddball, yeah. Yeah. Is that your only problem? Pretty scene? much, yeah. The rest seems okay. <laughs> that just threw you off, having brekkie at home for a first date. Yeah, I, I don't like breakfast the best of times. Fair enough. I, I find guess. it as a necessary evil to get through the day. Okay, okay. Breakfast food is really okay. I'm not talking about breakfast on this podcast. Sorry. <laughs> no, good go. Well, hey, you know, how are your feelings on toast, Lonnie? It's fine, you know. <laughs> what about cereal, Lonnie? Uh, I guess it's okay, but do you have a problem with bacon and eggs too? Well, that's fine. But like the only good breakfast, the ones that you can't have every day, you know. I mean, I guess, yeah. So, I just feel like. Lunch and dinner, there are so many options. Everyone's happy to have lunch or dinner. It's breakfast, you're like, got to get up for it. It's it's a chore, Lonnie. It's a bit of a chore for me. But I do kind of agree with Shara's character in this about food in general. She doesn't really make dinner for anyone, <laughs> for her kids. Well, she does, but all she makes is appetizers and like, nipples. Like skewers, like hors d'oeuvres, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's a funny character trait. I didn't mind it. It and that's what funny. she makes for Bob Hoskins for breakfast, by the way. Just like bagel appetizers <laughs> with two pits in them. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. I uh, like that. And there it is. It's there for a point. Claire in the film, Bob Hoskins, and he makes dinner for the whole family and they're sitting down having dinner and talking and getting on. And she's like, what the hell is this about? <laughs> yeah. I was going to say. Yeah. Because yeah. when they first have dinner with him, like they all like... Christina Ritchie, like, sits on the kitchen bench, shares, like, reading a magazine off somewhere. Mm. And then um, Winona Ryder's just sitting on a stool. And he's like, what's going What are you doing? Is this how you eat breakfast every day? And they're like, mm. yeah. He's like, oh, all right. And credit to him, he didn't, like, force him to come have dinner with him. He's like, okay, well, I guess so. That's true. And he's like, well, it's my house. We're going to have dinner. Oh, I'd have dinner. And then everyone's loving it. And she doesn't know what a conversation is, I'll share. Yeah, because, like, as you said, she's an oddball. But what's going on here? I think like, she's had some trauma in her life, clearly. Oh, you reckon? 
I, I reckon so. Oh, okay. And I reckon yeah. she's um, yeah, she puts up those walls to not get hurt, sort of thing, and and isn't very familiar with her family, so she doesn't have to be the the regular mum. Mm, yeah, and then Bob enough. Hoskins shows her how she can be happy family sort of thing. So just she can trust people, Ronnie. <laughs> she can trust again. <laughs> but uh, that's another thing. Like, she keeps getting into relationships that don't work out over and over again. Mm. And whenever it happens, they, they pack up and move. Yeah, I think um, Charlotte went on a ride for something like 18 times in her life and she's like... <laughs> 17 or 16 or something, so yeah. I think she's 15. 15, that's right, yeah. Yeah. A lot of times. That's a lot of times. And there's no care or thought put into it. She just points randomly at a map with her eyes closed, (laughs) and that's where they're going. Well, it's a different time back then, isn't it? You could just turn up and, yeah, find a job, just walk off the street and ask someone for a job and I'll give it to you, and then you can buy or rent a really nice house on the lake. (laughs) Yeah, that's true. Yeah. No, that's fair enough. A different time. It was the 60s, Lonnie. It was well, a wonderful time. It was a wonderful time. The film does, I think, seem to have some sympathy and empathy for her as a character who, yeah, as a woman, single mum, two kids, it was quite difficult for her and her life is pretty much um, decided or mandated by the relationship she gets into. and. Mm. Um, I think the film is trying to say something different there about something interesting there about how, yeah, how a woman has to get by by herself is very different to how a man has to get by. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's fair enough. I get that. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Did you um, think it was weird the parent-teacher night and he's just there even though he hasn't got kids and isn't a teacher? Uh, I did question it, but uh, I think it's more of a like small-town committee thing, like if you know what I mean. Yeah, like and the way they had um, things set up in the in the gym or whatever, it's kind of seemed like it was more of a open night for the school. Yeah, it's like a town meeting more than anything. Yeah. Yeah. But a bit funky. <laughs> a bit sus, you reckon? <laughs> It just seemed weird, like, what's he doing there? Well, wants to get with Cher, mate. Yeah, that's fair enough. <laughs> His line was pretty funny where he says, I try not to get involved with a woman before the World Series, but for you I'll make an exception. <laughs> oh, God love him. Good old Bob. Nothing have wrong to, with you. have him. to respect that one. Absolutely. Now, it's never good when a movie opens in 1963 in the U.S., no. <laughs> no, it's not. We all know why, don't we? I think so. Poor bang, JFK. Bang. 
He's always dying in films, isn't he? Oh, all the time. All the time. Were people this upset in real life when he I died? I think so. I think so, oh, yeah. Okay. Seems a bit odd. Was he a good president, a good leader? Well, yeah, I think he was like, he was the future because he was a bit younger and mm. he was doing stuff for the country and and the fact, America's a bit weird about their presidents. If they like their president, they really like their president, you know, and then you just get shot and huge seismic say, event. Wouldn't care if Bonnie Skymark got assassinated, but you know. I guess I wouldn't be running through the streets crying like they seem to in this film, but uh, it'd be pretty shocking. Oh, yeah, I suppose. Yeah. It would be shocking, but, like, they were devastated on me in this movie. And it throws bloody Winona Ryder for a loop. She wants her dad back. She does want her dad back. And I guess also they're in Massachusetts where he's from, so maybe that's even more of a reason for these characters to get upset. Yeah, I suppose, but it kind of comes out of nowhere. It comes out of nowhere, and then it goes out of nowhere as well. (laughs) Because after that, no one mentions it again. No one seems to be affected by it long term. Yeah, she just, like, goes to a random people's house at one point, too. We'll get to that in a second. <laughs> she's got a quote here about JFK's death in this film. Okay. Yeah. Washington Post, who reviewed at the time, said that, quote, Emotionally, Mermaids is wobbly. The touching sequence centering around the death of JFK, the day of JFK's death, is compromised when, in the months immediately afterward, no one ever seems to reflect on it again. End quote. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Okay, I, I don't have. I've forgot about that scene. To be honest, Dylan. Thank you for reminding me. She just turns up at some rando's house. What the hell? <laughs> yeah, good. I mean, I liked it. I think, but it was just a bit of an odd thing to happen. It was so weird. And this is—is is this? Oh God! Because okay, after JFK gets assassinated, she finds the twenty-six-year-old pedophile, and he's—he's. He's, Heartbroken, mate. Loved his JFK. Couldn't get enough of him. (laughs) And she just starts making out with him. And it's in the bell tower of a church. So while she's making out with him, she's having like this fucking existential crisis because she's seen like statues of angels staring at her (laughs) and judging. (laughs) Is this offensive, this portrayal of a religious person? I think it is. Like it's... It's too much, Lonnie. It is a bit much, and I'm I'm not particularly religious, so I'm not sure about the sensitivities there, but I, I felt weird watching that, to be sure. Yeah, like, uh, she's like a religious nut. Like, she's crazy. Like, uh, at one point they see, like, nuns in a shoe store, and she just gets starstruck. Like, <laughs> she just doesn't know what to say to them. <laughs> she doesn't. And she wants to ask about their bras and stuff. She's a nut. She's crazy. <laughs> yeah, she's... Not really coping well in that repressed sexuality time. Um, then her, her mum is quite open about sexual stuff, so... Yeah. Well, so much so that she'll push her towards a 26-year-old man. Yeah. <laughs> Not good. Did you know the bit where they're going to the uh, fishing? Yeah. And she has to, like, jump down the hill a little bit and she jumps into it <laughs> and he catches her. And then she just, like, puts her <laughs> mouth on his shoulder... Oh, I thought you meant, like, when he lifts her into the boat and she's just like, ah. <laughs> she has a mini orgasm just from being lifted by him. There's um, also that bit, yes. But, yeah, uh, I, do, I do remember the bit you're talking about, yeah. Mm. I 
back to the the scene where she just goes and finds another family out of nowhere. I thought that was weird, but I really liked it when Bob Hoskins turned up and was like there to save her because Cher wasn't going to. Yeah, she was too mad, Lonnie. Too yeah. upset with her daughter. Yeah, for doing what she does, like bit of um, yeah, <laughs> bit of internal conflict going on there. I think for everybody. Well, they have an argument, Lonnie. She says that's not what she does. She doesn't run away. She moves on. There's a difference, Lonnie. Yeah. <laughs> There's not those there. Well, it's a bit of a Star Wars from a certain point of view. Oh, yeah. <laughs> bit of Obi-Wan, mate. <laughs> you know it. It's, um, yeah, because she leaves because she thinks she's pregnant from kissing the 26-year-old man. Like, she thinks she's pregnant with the baby Jesus? Yeah, and I got the impression that she did know what sex was, but in her sort of religious confusion, she thought maybe that she'd been, like like Mary, had been just given the baby inside of her. Is that what you got, or did you get the feeling that she didn't know what sex is at all? Uh, I don't know, to be honest. It's very weird, because she's... She thinks it's like punishment at first mm. for kissing him before marriage. And then she makes the argument that like, oh, Mary didn't even kiss Joseph when she got pregnant. Mm. I mean, fair, I guess, in your mind, but still very odd. Well, I've got a quote here from the LA Times. Yeah. It says, with Cher and Mrs. Flax, could anyone believe that this mother would not have imparted a few of life's facts to her daughter? Never. In terms of how babies are made. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. I mean, she doesn't talk to her about it because at the end of the film, she's like, I guess it's too late for our birds and the bees talk, huh? I guess so, but I guess that the review is suggesting that that's in the film, but it's a bit incongruous. doesn't actually make sense because of who she is as a character. But yeah, maybe she's just trying to, to not let her make the same mistakes sort of thing and just is, not, is just ignoring it, even being a possibility. Yeah, yeah, could be, could be. I do like the, the dynamic that's set up in this and other films as well, where you've got the conservative kid and the reckless parent. That's kind of interesting. You know, she's like, I feel like more like I'm the mother than you're the, you're the kid, so. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's been done to death, but, you know, this is 90, mate. 1990. Different time. Different time. <laughs> Uh, have you seen a New Zealand film? I think it's called Rain. No. From like 2001 or so. No, what's that about? Well. Same thing. <laughs> well, very similar actually. Um, the, the reason I remember it actually, it actually, as I recall, our friend Mark Irons lent it to me to watch. So. Oh, hello. Thank you, Mark. Hello. It has a scene. I'm going to spoil Rain. So if you want to watch Rain, you know, whatever. <laughs> Don't listen. I don't get choice though, but that's all right. Go on. I was watching. Oh, sorry. Well, it's all good. It's all good. I was watching this movie, and early on, there was a shot of the little brother character, mm. and I was like, "That kid's gonna die in this film." I just know it. <laughs> and guess what, Dylan? The kid died. He kid dies, and also he dies while his older sister is having sex with an older man. <gasps> so I think there are some similarities there. Clearly. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's hard not to draw comparisons at this point. It's yeah. a very specific uh, climax of a film that I didn't think. Oh, 
I didn't think would cross over to multiple films. But apparently so. Um, and that film actually killed him off, and I was worried for Christina in this film, to be honest. Me too, but it also... Uh, it didn't make sense to me. It didn't make sense, Lonnie. And I'll tell you why. She's supposed to be like an Olympic-class swimmer, mm. or at least with the potential to be, mm. and also can hold her breath almost as long as the world record. Yeah. Like, she's only five seconds off. <laughs> and she drowns? Nearly drowns? Yeah, I couldn't tell if she was supposed to have um, almost drowned or, like, the, the coldness of the water in New England and during uh, okay. winter could have maybe got her. Sure, sure. But yeah, I it guess. seems to suggest she almost drowned, so... And I guess she was pissed drunk, too, so... Yeah. <laughs> but the, the thing that first thought me that drew that comparison to Rain was that um, there's just some shots there before she actually falls in the water. I'm like, this isn't going to go well for her. I could just feel something's off here. Oh, yeah. That's what I felt in rain. And then I thought about it and I was like, wow, that is very similar, actually. <laughs> Bizarrely so. And it, it's funny that she does get punished for having sex, then, doesn't she? Well, she was freaking out because she kissed a boy. I thought that her having sex, having resulted in her sister nearly drowning. I thought this would have sent her further over the edge in the religious yeah. nut territory, but not. <laughs> she owns it. <laughs> yeah, she's fine. Yeah, if, if anything's going to make you want to be a nun... <laughs> it's think, that. Yeah. <laughs> That's traumatising stuff. Well, maybe because she was okay in the end. Yeah, all she needed was a, a chat with mum. Yeah. And then her sister's okay... Everything's She's not fine. a religious nut. It's it's great stuff. <laughs> uh, do you have anything else to say, Dylan, about the film? Are there any notes or anything? Uh, love me some Bob Hoskins. He's so good in this. Like, honestly. He's very natural, I feel. He's a very natural performer, isn't he? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Great stuff, Bob. Great stuff. He's Rest a, in peace, Bobby. He's also a breath of fresh air in this film, I think, because it's... I know you've watched it twice, so you might know more than me, but it feels like it's sort of dragging a little bit, and then he comes in and livens it up. Oh, uh, yeah, I agree. Yeah, absolutely. And um, how good is he at the, the New Year's Eve party? As the pirate? Yeah. yeah. Fun fact. Well, not fun. I, I looked up some trivia for this. Mm -hmm. Does this count as trivia, Lonnie? Like, is this anything, this fact I'm about to tell you? I'll see. The fact was Bob Hoskins dressed as a pirate in one of the scenes in this movie. Mm. He also played a pirate in Hook. Yeah. How's that trivia? That's nothing. That's a piece of nothing. 100% of users found this interesting. No! <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, let's bring it back to Christina. Okay, yeah, as we should. The pumpkin head scene. I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was funny as well, but I thought it was weird how it was just laughed off. Oh, what did you think there should be some danger involved? Or? No, she just walks in, does some funny kid stuff. She's wearing a pumpkin on her head. Yeah. yeah. And then she just like rolls her eyes and the scene ends. <laughs> <laughs> it's just her being a kid, Lonnie. That's funny. I guess so. It's like she falls on her it. face too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's a quote here from Washington Post. They said that Kate is a swimming fanatic mm -hmm. and for a time she floats on the edges of the action, saying practically nothing as if she were the family dog. Oh, that's a bit harsh. How dare. I mean, she is co-starring in this, so she's not in it 
and it's she's not the focus. I'll yeah. say that. But for when she's there, I feel she adds to it. I think so. It's definitely more than a dog would. <laughs> Probably more than a dog. <laughs> Absolutely. I quite like Just, it. I think it's been a good start to the Christina Chronicles. Oh, I think so. I think so. What, how many how many Christinas do you Richie it out of ten, Monty? <laughs> out of ten, are we doing? Oh, yeah. um, I'm going to give it like seven. Seven Christinas. Okay. Okay. I will also give it a seven. Well, that's good. I've got some stray facts here. Hello. So the film made thirty-five million against a budget of twenty million. Mm, okay. Um, well, yeah. They don't. I assume it wouldn't have had a huge advertising thing, so it might have made money. Maybe. Yeah. I, I'm not sure it's had a tremendous cultural impact because I didn't know about it before watching this, <laughs> starting the series. Oh, you're the measure of that. <laughs> no, well, you know, I'm a 27-year-old man in Australia, so maybe the film isn't and made for me. a bit of a filmy as well. well. I'm a bit of a film nerd, so, you yeah. know. I'm just saying, put it this way, the film never came up in my film and TV course at uni, so. Well, fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, isn't it interesting to think of that if we didn't do this, we never would have seen this movie in our lives. Yeah, it would never have come up in my whole, in my whole no. life. No, never. Did you know, Dylan, that this film had some issues <laughs> during oh, production? No. I, I have heard of some, yes. So you, sh- you know that there were three directors. <laughs> oh, yeah, one was Frank Oz. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Lassie Hallstrom was the first director and he left, and then Frank Oz came on, and then he left after um, creative differences. With Cher. Yeah, and then he also took the star, who was the original one on a writer's role. Um, Emily Lloyd was supposed to be that, but they both left. Yeah. The <laughs> film doesn't seem to be like one of those ones where you can really tell that there's issues, though. No, no. And uh, Cher seems like she's having a good time. So yeah, I don't know yeah. what her problem was with everyone. But There's a quote here. It says, again, from the Washington Post, that... An enduring mystery of the movies is that some of the most troubled productions bear the sweetest fruit. <laughs> Mermaids, the new mother and daughter comedy with Sharon and Rider, is an extreme case in point. A film that seemed destined for ashes that rises up instead in Goosey Triumph. In Goosey Triumph? I'm not sure what Goosey Triumph means to one, but I think this film is it. I've never heard that before, but hey, <laughs> Goosey Triumph, that sounds like Mermaids to me. Hell yeah. Roger Ebert, you know, the film reviewer, oh. the great film reviewer. Yeah. I always like to go see what he thought of films because he yep. pretty much watched them all in his life. <laughs> Every film, yeah. <laughs> he isn't particularly flattering about mermaids, <laughs> but he still gave it three out of four stars. That's pretty good. Oh, yeah. He, um, well, he kind of acknowledges that it's not good, but also he, that he enjoys it. Oh, that's... Okay. Here's not his helpful. quote, Dylan. Yeah. Yet... And yet, perversely perhaps, I found this an interesting movie. I didn't give a bean how it turned out, and I found a lot of it preposterous. Enjoyed, but I enjoyed that quality. Why do we look at movies? To learn lessons and see life reflected back at us? Sometimes. But sometimes we simply sit there in the dark, stupefied by the spectacle. Mermaids is not exactly good, but is not boring. Sounds like a uh, a two out of four star review. <laughs> I think that's good to give Roger Ebert the final word there because that's pretty much what I think as well. Okay, fair enough. What do you reckon, Dylan? Yeah, uh, go ahead, Roger. You've earned it. <laughs> okay. Anything else you want to say, Dylan, about mermaids before we wrap up? Uh, 
worth a watch, maybe like a fall movie kind of thing. Winter's Night, maybe. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> you don't reckon you don't recommend it, Lonnie? I reckon watching it. I think it's worth a watch. Um, yeah, especially if you like Bob Hoskins. I think, and he's not the reason I watched the film, but he was a pleasant surprise, so. Absolutely. Yeah. He came out my favourite part. Yeah. Okay, Dylan, coming up next on the Christina Chronicles, we have The Hard Way. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Who we got in that? Ah, we've got Michael J. Fox, James yes. Woods, oh. Stephen Lang, oh. Louise Guzman. Hello. Moss Def. Don't know who that is. Penny Marshall. Don't know who that is. <laughs> well, we're not exactly sure on the, the um, format, but probably another two or three weeks we'll get around to another episode of the Christina Chronicles. You'll get it when it's here, people. Settle down. Yeah, and then if you want to just have a look on her Wikipedia or IMDb, see what's coming up next, you can follow along with us. Absolutely. Can't even get some Mickey J. Fox and some James Woods, I'll tell you that. Hell yeah. Uh, Dylan, did you know that we're on all the socials? <gasps> you can't be serious, Lonnie. That's madness. <laughs> we're on Facebook. We're on Insta. We're on Twitter. <gasps> and you, you can follow us on there. It's all legal. You can do it. Please. We're everywhere. We're everywhere, everywhere people. Uh, what you can also do is tell some friends about us and the podcast. And also yeah. give us a review on the podcast app. That wouldn't go astray, would it, Dylan? I don't think so. Can only help, can't it? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I'm going to thank Mark Irons for our theme song once again. Thank you, Mark. And, and until next time, I miss you, Christina. I miss you, Christina. Oi, oi, oi. Oi, oi, oi. That guy's just started again, the mowing. <laughs> How does an ambulance going past? Just give it a minute. Okay. Fair enough. It's a small backyard, Dylan. This is being cut out, I assume. Probably. <laughs> Maybe put the end, in. I don't know. Don't keep it in, though. Why would you? <laughs> <laughs> it's nonsense. I mean, you can cut out as much as you want to. Yeah. It's lovely, isn't it? It's good just to be here with you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.